Hello everybody and welcome to the Philosophy Corner, a podcast where we dive into the big questions and debates in the world of philosophy. My name is Sofia Moreno and today we're tackling one of the most fundamental debates in ethics, Ipsaltism versus Relativism. These two are spectral concepts with many different views of the doctrine, ranging from radical to the most subtle. We will be discussing some of those point of views with the purpose of opening a discussion with our audience. But before digging into our topic, I would like to make a short clarification. A common confusion held by many people nowadays is that the absolutism versus relativism distinction is synonymous with the objective versus subjective distinction. This is a mistake because the absolutism relativism distinction addresses the nature of morality and whether or not moral principles are universal, whereas the objective-subjective distinction addresses the ontological status of moral values. This episode intends to inquire into the absolutism-relativism distinction in order to facilitate the avoidance of this confusion among general public, while also raising awareness of the importance of the topic. And now we can begin. So a good starting point is defining the meaning of these terms. What is absolutism? Absolutism is the belief that there are objective, universal moral principles that apply to all people at all times, regardless of culture or individual circumstances. Proponents of absolutism argue that there is a moral code that can be discovered and followed, providing a clear sense of right and wrong. And what is relativism? Relativism, on the other hand, argues that morality is relative to the individual or to the culture, and there are no universal moral truths that apply to all people. Under this view, what is considered right or wrong is dependent on social, cultural, and historical factors, and can vary from person to person or culture to culture. Now I want you to ask yourself the following question. Are there absolute ethical principles that are morally binding on all people in all cultures and in all situations? Or are ethical principles and values culturally relative or historically conditioned? This question was originally formulated to me when reading about the meanings of the absolute in my course textbook, and to answer it, we will have to dig a little bit deeper on the topic. So let's begin by talking about absolutism. Absolutism has roots in ancient Greek philosophy, particularly in the works of philosophers like Plato and Aristotle, who believed in the existence of a universal moral order. The idea was further developed during the Enlightenment with philosophers like Immanuel Kant, arguing for a moral code based on reason and universal principles. In addition, absolutism has been associated with the existence of universal natural laws or the presence of a supernatural being that dictates what is right and wrong. But here is where the first issue regarding absolutism emerges due to the difficulty of proving its existence. Before proceeding, I have to mention that this means that because our empirical knowledge of nature and of universe is limited, we cannot be certain if any of the laws or supernatural beings exist. It does not mean that there are no absolutes in nature because that will be a complete fallacy. One of the biggest theories of absolutism is cultural absolutism. This theory says ultimate moral principles do not vary from culture to culture. And this means that only the basic principles underlying all the varying rules and standards are the same among societies. So, for you to understand, I will give you an example. Many cultures would agree on the idea that we should treat others as we wish to be treated ourselves, right? 
but there are many different laws, rules or standards that concern this idea depending on each society. To support cultural absolutism, four facts were developed. The first one says similar moral principles exist in all societies, such as preserving human life or the example I just mentioned. The second one says people in all cultures have similar needs, which is fairly true. The third one says there are many similarities in relationships and situations in all cultures. And the last one says there are many intercultural similarities relating feelings and emotions. All of them true. However, just because the ultimate or the basis of moral principles are similar in all cultures does not mean they're absolute. And even if all people had similar needs and feelings, would that mean these should or should not be satisfied? These questions are extremely hard to answer. And are those questionings a valid reason to think that those who believe in relativism are right? To answer this particular question, we will have to first discuss further on relativism. The origins of relativism can be tracked back to the ancient Greek philosopher Pythagoras, who argued that man is the measure of all things. The idea was further developed in the 20th century with anthropologists and sociologists challenging the idea of universal morality and instead highlighting the cultural and historical factors that influence moral beliefs. There are two perspectives according to the relativist. In its mental forms, it suggests that morality differs from cultures and individuals and that we ought to respect each other's views. In its extreme form, states that whatever anyone asserts must be considered moral if that individual consider considers it as well. <laughs> so for example, if somebody were to think that destroying human life is moral, we couldn't argue with this morality. Of course, as I said before, this is a radical point of view. Relativist anthropologists also cite empirical facts to support their belief. The first one states the studies reveal an extreme variation in customs, manners, moralities, religions, daily habits, etc. from culture to culture. The second one says the moral beliefs and attitudes of a human being are observed from their cultural environment. And the third one states people in different cultures tend to believe that there is only one true morality, often this one being related to their cultural moral system. Again, this can all be considered true. However, once again, here is where issues in relativism emerge. Just because cultures differ as to what is right and wrong does not mean that a specific way of thinking is true or is morally correct. Likewise, there is no connection between what is or what people do and what should be or what they should do. <laughs> We behave in certain ways because of our environment, and that means our actions and beliefs are subjective. Just because a belief is learned from a culture does not mean that it is true or false relative to other societies. Noting there are also questionings regarding relativism, our debate starts to take shape. And now the question that concerns us is, are there any absolute truths or falsities? Or are truth and falsity always relative? For me to answer this question, it is necessary to discuss about propositions. The most important way in which absolutism is used is in connection with propositions. But what is that? A proposition is a statement that describes a state of affair and must be either true or false. There are four types of propositions and three of them prove there are, in fact, absolute truths. 
will not talk about each preposition, but I will mention some examples to support my point. Analytical prepositions include statements such as all triangles are three-sided. We know this is true, and denying would be contradicting oneself. Therefore, it is considered an absolute truth. As another example, an internal sense preposition asserts about own internal senses and a statement can be, I have a headache or I am hungry. Only the individual who says that preposition knows if it is true or not, and therefore it is also an absolute truth. However, the fourth type of preposition concerns morality and is known as moral propositions, and they are the ones that relate to our debate. Moral propositions can state that humans should never kill, but this statement has no real basis. According to the emotive theory, which was developed by Rickle Moore, moral propositions have only emotive meanings. That is, they express only feelings or attitudes and consequently are invalid. Thus, we can infer their absolute truths, but they are none regarding morality. How then, are we to resolve this controversy of absolutism versus relativism? Let's discuss pros and cons of both perspectives. Absolutism has the advantage of providing a clear sense of right and wrong, which can be a basis for moral decision-making. On the other hand, it can be criticized for being overly rigid and failing to account for differences in cultural or individual circumstances. It can also lead to a lack of empathy and understanding for others, as well as a lack of moral progress over time. Relativism allows for a more flexible and inclusive approach to morality, recognizing that people and cultures may have different moral codes. This can lead to greater empathy and understanding for others and can help to prevent moral arrogance and dogmatism. However, it can also be criticized for lacking a clear sense of right and wrong and for making it difficult to make moral decisions. While both absolutism and relativism have their strengths and weaknesses, I think a balanced approach may involve combining the best of both. This can involve seeking universal principles while also recognizing the importance of cultural and individual differences and striving to find common ground while still allowing for diversity. Absolutism can provide stability and order, but can also lead to tyranny and oppression. Relativism, on the other hand, can foster diversity and tolerance, but can also lead to moral relativism and a lack of certainty about what is right or wrong. It is important to understand both concepts in order to critically examine and make informed decisions about the role of truth, power, and morality in society. As you may know, this debate is extremely complex, but I did try my best to explain to the audience what is it about and remark the importance of it. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Philosophy Corner. We hope you enjoyed this discussion on absolutism versus relativism. Please join us next time as we explore another fascinating topic in the world of philosophy.